Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, it's Chris and Christina here, and today we have a special guest. Do you want to do the honors? Yes, we call her, some people call her PJ, but we call <laughs> her Parker. Calls her well, PJ. some people do, a family. Uh, Parker Joy is our 23-year-old daughter, and it's a privilege to have her with us today. Yeah. Hi, Parker. Hi, <laughs> glad to be here. <laughs> so why in the world do we have you on? Well, I think that you offer a unique glimpse into your generation, and today we're going to be talking about the power of community from someone who is in your generation. So... Tell us what stage of life you're in. Kind of just paint a picture of who Parker is right now. So right now I'm 23 and I am in college. This is my fourth year of college. I will have another one to go. And I am involved in several different college group organizations with my church and then also with UCO where I go in Edmond. Yeah, and so one of the things that you experienced, Parker, when we moved back in 2018. You spent nine years overseas, and then you took a gap year and unpack what that looked like for you, kind of talk about the sad, the lonely, the what, what do I do, and walk us through that season of your life. Because you, you spent from the age of nine to 18 in Austria, and not a lot of people have that experience, so... Yeah, so when I first moved back, I was turning 19, and I was coming back to Oklahoma, which in a way felt like home, but in so many other ways, I felt completely lost, and I didn't have any friends, or really, I had no direction, I felt. So I decided to take a gap year, because school has never really been my thing, and Mm -hmm. so after high school, I felt like I really needed a break to kind of figure out what I wanted to do with my life, and I knew that I wanted to do some kind of gap year program. I just didn't want to sit around and waste a year. Mm -hmm. And so I was just really praying and felt so, so lost and alone and really discouraged. And uh, so we moved back to Norman and then I ended up trying out a church that I'd been wanting to go to. And my first Sunday at that church, I ended up meeting this girl who had a very similar situation to me. Mm-hmm. She had just moved to Oklahoma from Germany, and we were quick friends. And then we both sat down in the service next to each other and really listened to God answer our prayers as we heard announcements about this discipleship school that was taking place for this next year. And really, as me and her talked after the service, we were both like, wow, okay, I think this is what God has us doing. Mm. And that's really what I ended up doing with my gap year and completely flipped my life upside down and my view of the Lord and what life as a young person looks like, really. Mm. Mm -hmm. Would you say having gone to that class, did that help shape and inform your views of community or did community come out of just the involvement in that class like I I would say both Mm -hmm. I think it definitely shifted my view of community because one of the themes was going over Acts 2 42 through 47 which talks about like they it's talking about the early disciples and they had everything in common they gathered together in their homes they gave to anyone who had need and so that's really think what laid my foundation and so I got a lot of knowledge during that gap year in that discipleship school and then also the friendships that came out of that 
um, really taught me a lot about community as well. So I would say it it was a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. Anything on that, Chrissy? No. So Parker, it was, we, Christina called it a class, but it was a, it was a, is it nine months? Yeah, it was, yeah, about that. So Mm -hmm. it's a real commitment. And from what you've said, it, it goes really deep. Yeah. And it causes you to look at your life in the bigger picture, would yeah. you say? Yeah, me and my friend, uh, Deborah um, is her name. She and I just talked the other day and we caught up. And we have been friends for, I think, four years now. Yeah. And we met each other when that class started. And, I mean, she has been one of my most solid friends since then. And it had been a year since we talked. Mm-hmm. And because though that relationship was so deep thanks to that class and just things that we were both chasing after with the Lord just made our friendship unlike really any other that I've experienced before. Well, I think when people hear the word community, they have a lot of different thoughts about that. But maybe this is kind of, I'm springing maybe this on you, but how would you define community? And I think it's very important to say, I think we're talking about spiritual community, Mm -hmm. people that are like-minded in your spiritual beliefs on the same journey. How would you describe community? I would say there's, so there's so many different aspects to community, but I would mainly say that community is a group of people that loves you well, knows you inside and out Mm -hmm. but that that's not just them assuming things about you you have to share things openly Um, and then they also help you grow and they challenge you so that's kind of to narrow it down that's what I would say community is I love that definition so I'm I'm super practical Mm -hmm. so I'm thinking of somebody who's listening going oh okay so like is it a church group that's not what you're describing but Give us some practicals of what that looks like. I would say like a group of friends that you see on a regular basis mm-hmm. that they do life with you, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So they come over on snow days <laughs> when you have nothing else to do. You know, you read the word together. You have game nights. Mm-hmm. You, you know, people who experience all different aspects of life with you. Yeah, that's good. I, I hear you. You haven't said it, but it seems like you're intentional with the people that you're in community with. Mm -hmm. Why do you strive to be intentional? I would say because that's what I desire for myself. I want to have friendships that are beyond surface level Mm -hmm. because I personally feel like I don't really know someone until I really know them. And I've heard things that they've struggled with and things that they delight in and all kinds of different things. So I desire to have that in friendship. And so that's what I try and seek out and give back to others. I guess I would ask you, Parker, someone's listening to this and they don't have a sense of community like you're describing. And I, I, th- I can find, I, I believe that many people are nervous about trying to engage that. What would you say to them? I would say to just, just take the first step. Mm. There's been two specific times that I can think of where I have had to completely start over with community. One, when we moved back to Norman, I had one friend, but walking into a church, I didn't know anyone my age and I wanted to get involved. I wanted to go to small groups and the college gathering and whatnot, but I knew no one. And then fast forward about two years, I decided to move to Edmond because a living situation opened up and that's where I decided to go to school. And then again, I knew my sister and her boyfriend at the time, and that was pretty much it. And so community can be really scary, but I think first it starts with your own personal desire 
to have community, to be a part, to give your life away, but also to accept people into your life. We were invited, your mom and I, to go to Florida. So we live in Oklahoma, as you do as well. And we were invited to go to Florida to the beach with you guys, your your community you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Last May. And we didn't know many of the, the college group at that point. But some things I noticed about this, this group is how much you guys wanted to connect. It, people obviously played volleyball. They played card games. They you know, walked on the beach. But real conversations I heard happening among you guys a lot. Well, Christina, what are some things you noticed about that, this generation? Yeah, you guys really have a high value for authenticity. And so, of course, we've, you know, we have a front row seat into your life. So we've seen how you've done conflict really well. And yeah, I, I guess I'm also wanting, what did it feel like before you had community? You've got this desire, you go to a new place, you still don't know anybody. Describe that, because I think that's where a lot of people are. Like, I want that. How do I do it? How did you do it? At first, to be completely honest, I was really frustrated with God. Yeah. And I felt so <laughs> alone. Honest. And yeah. I was, I love my family, but I was sick of seeing my family. Yeah. And Wait, say, that, say that again. <laughs> How rude! What did you say? It, you know that was right. that was a long time ago. Right. But you know when you don't have any other people pouring into your life, it can be extremely lonely, and especially when you do desire those things, you can get frustrated with God. Mm-hmm. But I would say to anyone listening who's dealing with that, like don't let that guilt you or anything like that. God can take it. God yeah. can take your frustration. And just to trust him and take that first step because he has amazing plans for you. But I would say, yeah, it can feel really lonely. And then there's also that in-between stage. Yeah. I want to go from zero to 100 with friendships. (laughs) I want to meet people. And then I want them to be my best friend. Right. I feel like. And so that middle stage... I think was probably the most frustrating because like, oh, they're kind of my friends, but kind of not. I kind of know them, kind of not. And so I'd say just stay engaged with those Mm, friendships. Push on. If you feel like you aren't being asked deep questions that you are desiring to be asked, be the person to ask them. Mm. And who knows? It might be reciprocated. It might not. But just... Don't be afraid to be that person and to ask those questions that you want to be asked. I, I like what you said, stay engaged, and because I think it's important to just realize what season you're in. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just meeting people. Nobody's going to be my best friend yet. Stay engaged. It's going to happen. Yeah, that's good. Well, because we know you well as our daughter, you're, I believe you're very intentional in friendships. Is that is that fair to say? I try to be. Well, I think you are. <laughs> why would you say, your generation, why would some people struggle, do you think, with not being so intentional. They want it, but they're not intentional. And so therefore, many times they never get to that point as you have in relationships because they've just maybe pulled back or haven't tried it. I think a lot of people have been hurt by others in Mm. friendships, especially. And so they're scared of what it could look like to let someone in and to be a true friend. I know that you can't just expect people to trust you. You have to build that trust. Mm -hmm. And so when... Say that you are in a community and someone new is coming into that community. Don't get frustrated with them just because they aren't automatically Mm. super comfortable and feel vulnerable because who knows what they have been put through in the past. They might have had terrible friendships Mm. or you never know. And so I would say to, again, I can't express this enough. Just take the first step. Be that person that you would want to be friends with. And then 
this is kind of going off on a little different branch, but in my Bible study this past week, we were talking about technology and how that plays a role in our lives, especially for this generation. Mm -hmm. And we all looked at our screen time and it, it was alarming to see how much time we spend on our phones every single day. I mean, the average was probably five hours a day on our phones, at least. Um, Some less and some more. So if average five hours a day, Mm -hmm. that's 35 hours a week. That's like a full-time job almost. (laughs) Yeah. And so, but it really is so hard to detach from our phones. And I think so many times, I know I am guilty of this as well, our generation can easily numb our feelings through scrolling on TikTok or Instagram. I know that is so cliche, but when I was really self-examining, that's something that I found that I do sometimes. Mm-hmm. I just want to numb out and I don't want to think about hard things. I, You know, you might not want to put in effort to things. And so you can just be on your phone and mm-hmm. feel like you have connection, but you really don't. Yeah. So I know that has been said a lot out there, you know, mm-hmm. but I think that is so true. And this week that was brought to my attention even more. Because we've mentored over the years, you know, university students your mom and I have in our work one of the things the guys have told me uh, Chris we don't actually call that often one another with with friends we text one another we don't even leave voice messages sometimes but just text is that fair to say for you and most of your generation yeah I would say so so if people are spending that much time on their phone and not a criticism it's just an assessment spending that much time on their phones but they're not talking to anybody mm-hmm. That's about 35 hours a week of no real communication. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and I think it just gives people a false sense of community. Because saying, say you are texting back and forth with this person every single day, well, you don't really know what their tone is like. You don't, you know, yeah. it's it really is giving us a false sense of community, I think. Mm. Kind of switching gears, but still within the realm of community. Tell me how you have seen dating play out in community i have seen so many people get engaged (laughs) recently which is so fun to watch yeah um them start dating and then to be really intentional and get engaged and then married obviously but i think that dating in community is i think that's really like how it was designed to be how does that look like like You are in a community and you have people who pour into you really well Mm -hmm. and someone else is in the same season doing the same thing. And then if you get along, great, you know, maybe go on a few dates, try it out. And I I just think it's important to have accountability and in authentic community, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. And so I think then from there, you're able to give a lot more of yourself and to be able to date intentionally. Mm -hmm. So dating and community for people who are my age or older doesn't mean that you never go out on a date one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're just looking in your community to go, hmm, who's out there that I might be interested yeah. in or vice versa? Yeah, I think that's good. Also, I think you've seen it too where people can speak to, you know, that guy, I don't think he's right for you. Yeah. Or, or affirm yeah you guys get along so well you've got other eyes on the relationship because in a community you have people who know you really well and so they can they have that space to speak out and either affirm or be like "Eh, maybe go the different (laughs) direction you know yeah okay and obviously we've talked about the impact of spiritual communities but how has it affected your spiritual walk being in community? What are the things that have have helped you, have benefited you? I think it's pretty safe to say that kind of looking back at that first year when I started my gap year and then at the end of the gap year, I was a very different person. Mm -hmm. I 
grew so much spiritually and emotionally. And that really was because of community. I got to, I used to be so bad at expressing myself Mm -hmm. um, and expressing different emotions that I was walking through. But because I had community around me and people that I knew wouldn't judge me or they they would just love me no matter what came out of my mouth, (laughs) that really helped me transform into being someone who's more confident, but also that their way of loving me and just listening and being, you know, great community really helped me see how God is like that. You know, God is such a good friend and he listens. And if I can trust those physical people in my life that much, how much more can I trust God? Mm -hmm. And so I think that is the thing that really helped me grow the most is realizing that that just the people in my life are just a glimpse and just a small representation about God's character and how good he really is. Well, Parker, I would say that I think you grew up in a pretty healthy home. Mm-hmm. I know we're recording right now and you're going to, what am I supposed <laughs> to say, Dad? No, but we did. We grew up in, I think you grew up in a pretty healthy home, but you needed something in addition more than just your parents and your sisters. Yeah. You needed a community a group, yeah. of your own to, mm-hmm. to, because you said, I grew so much through this course. I grew so much through these relationships in my community group. And so uh, families are, uh, are the foundation, and it's such a wonderful place to begin and to give you a lot of foundation, but you need more than that as you get older. Yeah. One thing that I really like that I've seen you do in your community is you're, you're obviously receiving and being poured into, but then you are looking for younger people in the community, just a few years younger, and meeting with them. Kind of tell us what that looks like. I, whenever I got to the age where I was like, okay, now I can actually pour into younger girls. I was really excited for that because I always keep in mind, like, this is something that I wish I would have had Mm. early on, starting as early as, you know, elementary or middle school. I wish that I would have had an older girl walking with me and Mm -hmm. someone who's outside family, outside your friends, outside school, whatever it is, to just pour into you and be like a big sister, you know, Mm. or a friend that you can just turn to with, whatever it is that you're going through and so that's what I kind of picture I picture 18 year old me like what did 18 year old me need and want and desire in a friendship that's great yeah I've seen you do that Chris is there anything else you want to add or ask no I mean we're very proud of you Parker as we we tell you but you've chosen to be intentional you could just settle and go well I've got my university I've got a few friends and I'm good to go but I see you continuing to grow and learn and you're very intentional in your life and you're going to continue to impact a lot of people because of that. Well, thank you. Is there anything you thought of or anything you want to add about the power of community? I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're really thankful that you spoke from your perspective. And so we hope that that will be a benefit to those of you who are listening. And thank you as always for listening. We want to thank you as always for listening. If today was helpful, if something that you listened to was helpful, we would really love it if you would go to Apple or Spotify, leave us a review, download, subscribe, and for all things related to podcast, if you'd like to give a financial contribution to help us continuing bringing this sort of broadcasting to you, just go to FahrenheitMentoring.org. Hi, this is Chris Corral, producer of the Fahrenheit Real Life Mentoring Podcast. This podcast is produced through a partnership with the Confetti Corral Boutique and Michelle Corral Realtor. 
To find out more about these businesses who support our vision and ministry, go to confettichorral.com or find them on Facebook.